Um, this is the first time Caleb ever started recording. Um, welcome to the Learning to Lose podcast. Um, we have Ian. What's your? I mean, do you want to? <laughs> my name's Ian Chambers. Ian Chambers. That's my last name. Breaking yeah, he's. Anonymity. Oh yeah, I mean, dude. Yeah, he's sober and he's a manager. And uh, how long have you been in the music industry? Like working in the music industry? Uh, professionally, about. 10 years 10 years yeah 10 years and before that before I like, got an actual paying job in music I wanted to get into music so I found a boy band on Craigslist really yeah they managed wait to, on Craigslist yeah it was like a boy band and they were like we need a manager and so I like tried to like set they up this they posted boy band. that on Craigslist yeah what I didn't know what to cool, do so like, I did that story <laughs> yeah it was weird one dude like came out in the middle of it and was like in love with one of the other guys one guy got a ba- had a baby. It was just like... So how long have you been doing this, sir? Like, total, like maybe 13, 14 years. Oh, okay. And then getting paid, actually, like in, in the industry. Wait, doing, doing what? Managing? Managing, and then also I do marketing and music. What does that mean? Marketing? So you, so you don't manage Rancid, but you do marketing for yeah, Rancid? Yeah, so I'm like the head of the marketing. So like, let's say they have a record come out. Like, I come up with the marketing strategy behind what we're going to do. Which looks like what? These are the Instagram posts. These are the Twitter. There's like social media and then like this is what we do for advertising. This is where we're going to spend our money. Here's some ideas. Where are you going like to spend it? Instagram? Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube. Uh, you know what, Google. bro? All that shit. Are you like extra busy or do you? would you be willing to like take on like – I mean so I've been trying to figure out like – um, paid promoted posts on social media for like yeah. literally 10 years. Yeah, I can show you how to do it. I, can I do mean, it. no, I do it. Yeah. But like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like, anything. Like Google, like, like display ads, like Instagram ads, Facebook ads, TikTok ads. Whoa. You can boost yeah, TikToks. Like, you can Like, do- this is like the one this is like that's like the new shirt that we're selling cool yeah we can do i do e-commerce everything he's looking at the i'm looking at the shirt the way out shirt the book tea cool. we call it the book tea you know that was the name that was the first name that they gave the big book i did not know that the way out but they couldn't use it because it was taken yeah and then it was called 100 men and then it was called before the dawn <laughs> so good. Yeah, they had all these different names, yeah. and then they ended up on Alcoholics Anonymous because there was some crazy guy in the back of one of the meetings, like just yeah. repeating those two words like a million times, and somehow that became the name of the. Bill was just like, "That's it." Which, to be honest with you, like I think it's sort of unfortunate that Anonymous is in the name. I mean, I think maybe it was a good thing in the beginning, but now I think it's kind of creating a lot of like weirdness around certain people who don't like when other people talk about recovery because like you could, I mean, we're at a place now where it's like, all right, dude, I feel like we just need to let it go. Cause it's like, I don't want to break anyone's anonymity, but like, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to know how I got 16 years sober, I'm not going to beat around the bush, dude. Yeah. Like AA saved my fucking life. 100%. Sorry. Yeah. 
I mean, you know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, it's like you go to meetings, we got like shared, like this meeting's being recorded, CDs travel all over the world, but we cannot break anonymity. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't get what you're fucking talking about. And like, I know those people. Yeah, I, my my neighbor was trying to get. She's like got like ninety days or something like that. And she's like, all my sober friends are coming over, and they're like fresh. And I'm like, sick. I can talk about sobriety to them. She's like, no, 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 don't bring it up. I don't want them to let them know that you know that they're sober. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I sponsor dudes. Like, I I do this. And I'm like, all yeah, right, okay, ninety days. Not to be judgmental at all, but I was kind of oh. like taken back. I oh, was like, she had 90 days? Yeah, she had like 90 days. And she had like some dudes that were like freshly sober. I'm like, well, let me, I'll talk to them about sobriety. She's like, don't bring it up. I'm yeah. Like, okay, I won't. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, I recovered from a seamless, seemingless helpful or helpless state of mind. Seemingly. Seemingly. Hopeless state of mind hopeless. and body. Helpless, hopeless. Yeah. Morally bankrupt. So um, how do we know you? Through uh, late I, night? Late night, yeah. I spoke. I actually did one of the first meetings you guys did out here. I came up and spoke when there was like nine people, oh, eight people. Wait, you spoke at our meeting? Oh, okay, cool. Well, how, we should have you speak again like when, like, I don't know, soon. Wow. Oh. I, had, I got to like make up my own format. Wait, oh, it was the first meeting ever? It was, well, kind of, yeah. It was like... This about a month and a half in, um, Woody had him come speak. Oh, like just as like oh, like just as a meeting in the living room. Yep. Yeah. That's, oh, so now we like have a meeting. We do yeah. outside really? with chairs and a microphone. Oh, and yeah. Commitments and everything. It's our meeting, yeah. and I mean we have like there's like thirty people here. Yeah. I mean there's cool. twenty two. It's in like that. old school, old fashioned day meeting. I like it. Bit, so it's. Yeah. Well, or you could just lift the cameras up. I mean, not now, but next time, right? Yeah, They're supposed to be higher. Um, yeah, he, he, you don't have to do anything, bro. Just be comfortable. Cool. Um, Is that my stomach? No, that was me. <laughs> so, yeah, Ian just walked into the middle of like a really. Wait, is Mikey. Le- did Mikey just leave? Uh, we're in the middle of doing like a, a house meeting where we're dealing with some stuff in the rumor mill. Just reminds me of, what's the saying? One bad apple makes the whole barrel go bad or something. Yeah, it's really gnarly. That's why if someone leaves, they usually have to get put on non-com, which means that no one in the house can talk to them. Because they're not going to, it's very unlikely that they're going to say the right things. Right, you see that? You see, you get that. Of course, because you're out there in the world, and now you can talk the shit you didn't get to talk in the house. But like, here's the thing that's weird is I don't know how familiar you are you are with structured sober living. I went to a residence treatment center when I was 15. What is it called? A, a residence treatment center in Utah. Oh. I'm mm. so I'm like used to like a lockdown facility when I was a teen, but as an adult, not not very much. Did you stay sober since then? No, fuck no. No, no, no. No. Are you sober now? I am sober, yeah. Yeah. I'll have 18 months and three days. It's not your first actual go at sobriety. Nice. Well, you were, so you were in a lockdown. Like children, like lockdown. So what what was your experience with that? Uh, I think it's like a cash grab for kids. Uh, back then like because they once you get there you they never want you to leave so but like, did you learn anything i learned how to be a better manipulator 
Wow. I like You didn't was, want to be sober yet. No, no, not at all. No, okay. no, not at all. I didn't want to be sober at all. What were you doing back then? Uh drinking, meth, um Really? You know, whatever I could get my hands on. Whatever anyone whatever anyone had I wanted to do. But, but mostly pot and alcohol? Yeah, of. ecstasy mushrooms. Like I'm from Santa Monica, so it was like whatever I could find I oh. would do and then towards the end it was like meth with some friends and then I had crap, like my friend stole his dad's car and we drove to my girlfriend's house in the valley and when we were like 15 and we got blackout drunk and crashed on the 90 freeway Ooh. and I like left him and like oh, walked back to my house. Marina Del Rey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like that kind of vibe. <clears throat> Whatever Sounds I could terrible. get my hands on. My dad was diabetic, <laughs> stole his needles, tried to learn how to like shoot mm. meth in my veins. Like, Whoa. Yeah. I was like reading earwig.org, like trying to figure out how I could do this. Earwig. That sounds familiar. It's like that drug website that... Huh. Yeah. I used Whoa. to like frequent. I just like sit in my room and research like drugs and how you do them. I remember I was trying to like cook a DXM out of cough medicine and like in the kitchen. My mom's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I was just like, yeah, 14. I was like punk rock. I had like Liberty Spikes. I didn't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And then my parents were like, That's I realized funny. like my dad was older. Like my dad was 55 when he had me. He's, he's dead now. But When he had you, he's yeah, 55? He's 55. So he was older and it was like when I got big enough, I was like, <clears throat> fucking stop me. Like, and then my mom would, you know, call the police on me. I could go to the psych ward. So, how old were you when you got sober? Thirty-two. So, what, like, bands did you like when you had Liberty Spikes? I just seemed to like the Casualties, the Unseen, No Effects, Black Flag, Bad Brains, like that kind of stuff. Misfits, I like Misfits, Misfits, of course. Yeah, Rancid. Yeah. Operation Ivy. Yeah. It was like ska punk. My first show I ever went to was The Partisans at the Troubadour. Huh. It was like Partisans, Litmus Green, and The Voids. I was um, like 14. Wait, The Voids? Yeah, it was like a chick singer. Yeah, but there's a, The there's Voids an, now yeah, with yeah, there's another Julian voice. Casablanca. Yeah. He's from The Strokes. Yeah, he's dope. I like there's his so solo shit. punk yeah. bands you never heard of. I, I, like I, the seven song Tourist by him is... I, 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 I know all those bands. I don't like them all. Uh, I think Jesse from Op Ivy is maybe the best punk rock singer of all time. Yeah, dude. And I think that um, No Effects is probably the best punk band there ever has been. And I think what he's done with the punk movement and Fat Records... That's like to me like a model of success and like integrity and just fucking it's like I think it's perfect. Yeah. No, the the fat Dude, cops. have you heard the Lawrence Arms? No. Oh my god, dude. They're a fat records band. They're, really? They're I'm gonna write them so I'm like I it's like I I I discovered them late in my life and brand new. Late in well, my what's life. late in your right. life? Like a week ago? Like a couple years ago, <laughs> oh, right? And those two bands, brand new. Do you like brand new? Yeah, I like brand new, dude. Brand new, like changed my life. That's so just because I didn't yeah. really know. I about. never listened to that kind of music until I got into my adulthood, and then right. I went back and started listening to the more emo bands. And yeah, I was like, why the fuck did I not no, listen? I always to loved everything. Yeah. I always My Chemical Romance. Like I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with all music. Yeah. I, I know about all music, jazz, country, classical, totally. but like, you know, there's always those untapped little chambers, like brand new. Everybody respects them. They're super credible, well known, well loved. And like revered, is that a word? That's like the appropriate mm. word, right? I don't really know what it means, but I like feel like respected. Yeah, but like I feel like there's some s- version of fear in that word, like revered. Like it's not just respected; yeah. it's like revered. So you put them on like a pedestal. So I didn't like them. I'm like, oh, I didn't. I, I didn't not like them. I was just like, I don't really get it, right? Yeah. Try it again. Ah, 
okay, I, it's cool, but like, and then I'm like, all right, I've heard it. There's been too many people that have told me this band is amazing. And I just forced, I listened to only brand new for like a month straight yeah. and it like clicked one day and I just fucking <laughs> became like, oh, obsessed. Great. I've literally been listening to them and like only them for almost the past six, since I opened the house, six months, really. I love that. I mean, not only them, but like I'll go back and forth between like them and like, um, you know, I listen to all kinds of stuff, really. But them, a lot of them, and, and the Lawrence Arms. Yeah. Did you just mention another fat man? Something cop, bad cop? No, no, no. But I like the I like the fat records bands. I did. I actually did. You know when No Effects did some live streams not too long ago? Oh yeah. I did some of the marketing for that. We filmed all of it. Really? Well, did you oh, see me there? We did the advertising. No, Wait. I never even watched them. I just did the advertising. So you weren't at his house? No, no, I was just selling. So the those videos, yeah, like my company shot all that shit. Really? Yeah, like, and he talks about me in the show. He's That's like, look at this guy. He's got a fucking tattoo, <laughs> and El Jefe is kind of like, I, I've. He tried to sign my band back in yeah. the day, and we have we've had a history together. And he was like, "Yeah, like fucking Pat's cool, man. He's really good with a drone." Like, so they're like talking about me like during the show, like on the That's live stream. And it was really a special moment for me. That's tight. Yeah, and I got to meet with Fat Mike before the show and talk to him, and like it was cool talking to him because like I know so much about yeah. him and his lyrics and the music and the the culture behind what he stands for and i feel like a lot of what i'm doing right now with learning to lose is very similar in the sense of like like fuck the norm yeah do what's right do what's fair be real be yeah. honest and it's sort of like in its at its essence at its core it's punk rock DIY you know? punk rock well the kind of shit we post and yeah just sort of like the attitude around everything i don't know if, how familiar you, you are with like anything that we're doing i'm i like did a little research before i came oh cool like what like i like i watch your youtube channel i look at your tiktok oh what'd you I, see I, uh youtube i watched the kind of the uh with your wife. Oh, yeah. I watched a couple episodes of that. Would you you did, did you watch like a whole episode? Yeah, I watched the first whole episode. Oh, thank you, man. And so you saw us like fighting on the yeah, beach and shit. Yeah, yeah like that's... Are you recording fighting? Like that's funny. real sh That's real shit. Yeah. And that's like hard. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I was actually doing a podcast yesterday with Cisco Adler. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and he just hit me up last minute. You know who that is? It was really crazy cool. buzzing. Still, yeah, still a banger. Well, do you remember Hyper Crush? Yeah, that was my yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I saw that was yours. So like, um, Shwayze is like, or no? What am I saying? Cisco. Shwayze, Cisco, I, Cisco I is. He just texted me yesterday. You want to do my podcast? And I was like, yeah. So I got on the phone and we did a podcast for the phone. And he was like, this guy's like, I I would say he's pretty. He's a pretty like important guy in like the scene, I guess. He does the live shit. Yeah. He's the one who actually He's hosted cool. the live show. You know that's his company. No, I didn't know that. So he has a company called No Cap. Yeah. They're the ones that did the live stream for Fat Mike. <laughs> so he hires us to so I have a company yeah. called Ridge Production. We yeah. film that stuff. And um, incestuous as fuck. Everybody just knows each other I like that. Yeah, well, it's really even to go even further, Cisco, we used to play with them yeah. in hyper crush and like the whole malibu scene like sicky dicky they were promoters in yeah. malibu and we would 
So I was like a part of the music thing with him before. Oh, that's and cool. now like, so he had me on the podcast and it was really cool. He was sort of just like talking about how cool everything that we're doing. He was just giving it up and it was really dope that he's like noticing. So he's sort of a friend acquaintance guy. Yeah. His dad is a really, yeah. really big time producer. Uh, Nick Adler. Or wait, heard of, no, yeah. Lou Adler. Adler. So Nick Adler was our first manager, and we used to practice at the Roxy because Nick Adler owns the Roxy. It's his dad's club. So Lou Adler's like a guy that produced like big – he sits next to Jack Nicholson at the fucking Lakers games. That's like his claim to fame, I feel like, now. <laughs> but do you know who that is, Lou Adler? Yeah, yeah. Like what has he done? He was like a huge music producer. Like what? Like, the, like, like Def Leppard or some shit? I don't even know. Like, yeah, I don't know either. Too, but um, too too old for me. But yeah, no effects is dope. That too. That's cool. So now, what do you listen to, or what do you love? I listen to a lot of hardcore still, like punk rock. I listen to Strife from like down the street. Uh, Thousand Oaks hardcore. I listen to, like Terror. Oh, I listen to cool. punk rock. I listen to everything though. I mean, like when I work during the day, I'll throw on like you know, modern jazz quartet. Or like a drum and bass playlist. Oh uh, yeah. Like depending on that, and like when I'm driving, like coming here, I listen to like Insane Clown Posse and the Grateful Dead. Fuck yeah. Like I listen to the Great Malenko, and then I put on the Grateful Dead, like uh, as I was coming to the canyon. I miss the Grateful Dead. Me too. I'm gonna go yeah. to the Dead and Company shows. Oh, I have tickets for all three nights. I'm dude. That's it. so funny because I've been listening to a lot of the Grateful Dead too. Really? <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's like my. That's like if you had to say my favorite band. Right now in my life is the Grateful Dead, dude. Mm-hmm. The Amazon documentary. Oh yeah, that shit was fire. Is you will realize that the Grateful Dead, hands down, the most punk rock group there ever was. Hmm. And it's I mean, crazy. They literally were like, "Fuck you" to the record label. Yeah, they should never got played on the radio. Yeah, and they still like amassed a cult following where they could like yep. sell out stadiums. Yep. And you know how many punk rockers? Like the Grateful Dead. How could you not? It's like insane. How could you not? Which is so funny because it's like so anti like hip, punk rock is so anti hippie, but in reality, mm, they, right. you know, they can respect like yeah, but you yeah, know, but you know what? Like yeah, yeah, that's so funny. That's so interesting because I feel like yeah, Fat Mike talks a lot of shit about like never trust a hippie and shit <laughs> like that. Yeah, but like when really, I was a kid, that was for real though. You couldn't like like new wave and heavy metal. Are you just you couldn't? wasn't allowed you know yeah now it's like i think it's so cool to have an open mind and yeah for 50s country like that's like the grateful dead i already liked country but like the grateful dead covers a bunch of like 40s and 50s country songs Mm. which made me go back and like my record collection at home is like 50 percent like 50s country records and it's Mm. real weird i'm like i'm weird like 50s country i don't even know what that that's a genre i've never heard like you even get older, like even bluegrass. I don't know. I I like literally everything, but I still listen to punk rock a lot. Like I, yeah. I've been in music for so long, and for a long like, time I worked in EDM. And like when I started, I got to get the switch. Like this year after I got sober, because before I couldn't like switch jobs because I was always negative fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account, and I had like a a pretty a pretty gnarly drug problem. Uh, you know, and I you know I'd show up to work drunk and like leave and smoke crack on my lunch break wow. and come back to my office, and it's like you can't really get rid of a job that doesn't like doesn't fire you from that mm. so i couldn't risk like they were aware of what you were yeah doing. i used to come in my office and, and what job was that i was the head of i was the head of digital marketing the director of digital marketing at like a music marketing company and like i was there you know i'd show up to work but the thing is i got my work done but I'd, some days i'd show up Dude. after a three-day bender smoking crack all night like show up to work no sleep work 
and then go home, smoke crack. But like, who cares? You did yeah, your I job. Work. Except then there's the days where I come to work and I'd be in my desk like passed out. But and, but you were good at your job. Yeah. So they like it, it was dope. okay. Which do, do you have a contact at TikTok? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's What's that, that artist partnership person. What's content? Um, oh, like you know people who work. So there. I got yeah. fucking like five hundred and sixty thousand followers on TikTok, right? right? So like and growing. I mean, is yeah. that matter? Yeah, of course. Do you think you could? We could like maybe work together at all, or yeah, whatever. yeah, that would yeah. be fucking amazing. Yeah, this course. is amazing because like, yeah, and Cisco was tripping because he was like, "Bro, you're like, what you're doing is like so crazy because it's like art, but like truth and and he just got it and it's like, yeah, I'm a musician, I'm an artist, but yeah. like, I'm showing different. I'm show. It's like a vlog reality truth fucking sober relationships like punk rock it's like this whole mix of thing it's like anti-influencer yeah in a way yeah and we want, almost want to make shirts that say like influencers are a bad influence and that's the whole <laughs> that's crux the crux of the whole part of the whole message is like um you know the, the shame in our youth is largely contributed to the fact that these people are presenting their fakest best version of themselves all the time why it's funny because i feel like since tiktok the demographic skews younger the people who the kids who are younger that are getting on tiktok can see through the bullshit yeah and and they crave content that's not so like but they're still super yeah. scared yeah but they're, still, but they're still like real there's yeah. like there's the, much more they, real they they want real but at the same time you know there's still a voice for you know here's my chance here's my fancy it, shiny ass life that doesn't actually exist i'm sorry billy this is billy hears about all this every time and it gets repetitive but <laughs> I, it reminds me a lot of when Hypercrush started doing the yeah. electronic thing. When and it's like humans evolve at the same time. A lot of other people were doing it too. Yeah. We were at the forefront of that, you know. And I feel like now with TikTok, I, I've been doing this type of yeah. shit. And then TikTok came and it gave me a, a it gave people a way to see it because it was obvious. I always felt like yeah, like this is something that their people want to see, you know, and my friends that I cared about, like always loved it. And I was always their favorite person to follow, but I didn't have any fucking followers. Yeah. And then TikTok came and like what I was already doing started to catch because of the algorithm, because people yeah. dictate whether you grow or you don't, it's yeah. really up to the people, the audience, if 100%. they engage with the post, it will yeah. do better. And people were like seeing something that they weren't used to seeing. I'm really excited because, um, I, I would like to start spending some money and we, we have been and we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. Um, I was even wanting to do like an ad on the Discover page, but yeah. I found out that those are like extremely expensive, like yeah. 70 grand. Yeah, but you can also just like, you can run a, like a click ad. So it's like a story that you have. So like, let's say you want to, you want to start selling the, the new merch you have. Mm -hmm. Like you just do a TikTok about it and then you can, you can run that. So when people click on it, they can click off to buy it. So yeah. as opposed to them just like doing like a video view where yeah. they watch it and they're like, oh, this is sick. And I'm not going to actually go to like on my phone and go buy it. This could be they really, I think this could be exciting and fun because I think you'll find, hopefully if we start working together, like our engagement is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I don't have a single video that, that, that doesn't have great engagement yeah. and doesn't end up with at least 20,000 views. 
Because like some will go if you're a normal influencer, you'll have some that will go. But like every single thing I do has at least a certain because there's okay, like people that are actually they're following me, yeah. not like when I do good trends or if yeah. I do a good post. It's like I could just literally I've literally sat and stared at the screen to music <laughs> and been in like a fucked up place. Yeah. And like there will be so many because there's a lot of like controversy around everything we're doing. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of love, but there's some like dedicated, yeah. dedicated haters. <laughs> that's that's, if, a, that's the best way to have it. I don't know if you know about any of this. I don't. But yeah, but if you like, don't have haters, you're not doing something right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Well, I guess we're doing something right yeah. because people have called the cops on the house. Yeah. And um, there's people that have entire pages dedicated to like us because a bunch of like raw footage leaked. Yeah. Uh, from the show. And they got a hold of it, all of it, like haters. So they'll post like little clips, little clips. and stuff and rechange the narrative and like try the to. The more make people us... talking about you, the better, regardless if it's good, bad, ugly. You know. Yeah, that's what they, that's what everyone says. It's hard to deal with. But then mean. when you're experiencing it, it, there, these, the, there's certain kinds of like, there's these archers of pain. Duncan Trussell said that on a Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. And I love using that term yeah. because they're like, they can they're like archers of pain like they they can hit your heart from far away with an arrow yeah like you know because they're yeah, not even anywhere near you yeah no but, you know it's real but so but, but sucks, the real but... the real thing i need help with which i don't know if you'll even be able to help but is like a lot of stuff has been getting i'm sure you've been experiencing this too or you've heard about it a lot of stuff has been is getting content violations recently yeah. on TikTok and yeah. I'm getting banned from posting for like the stupidest shit and I've heard that cer- certain people will get like either whitelisted or like you can contact someone at TikTok and be like yo this person has a lot of like trolls yeah. that are reporting them and yeah. like but they're obviously not doing anything yeah, it's wrong yeah just some people trying to get the content taken down and I've had somebody like send um you know, one time this girl sent something to someone at TikTok and they reviewed it and they're like, the account's okay. And then like, they actually reinstated my account before the ban was over. And it seemed like everything was going really, really well when that happened. Yeah. So I know that, that TikTok is an unfair playing. It's unfair yeah. because some people get away with everything and some people don't get away with they're anything. Just, they're just fucked. And I think a lot of it has to do with like either who you know or just you know where TikTok puts you in there. Yeah, I have a girl. I have a woman who I, I've worked with for years. She used to be at Spotify. I can connect you with her. Wow, she's cool. It is unfair because some girls get banned. Some have their pussy all hanging out, and some like they nothing, and they get banned. It's yeah. like it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, that's probably a bad example. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that they have that hanging out. There's some definite camel toe. Right. It's just like Instagram, too. Same thing. So, um, Little Tex. He's dope. Do you know Rick Klotz? I do. From Fresh Jive? Yeah, yeah. So that's like my boy. He he started Fresh Jive. And he told me, because I I used to do a lot of stuff with him, video stuff. And I'd like, he's actually one of my... I don't know. I love this guy. He's so rad. Um, yeah. Do you remember Fresh Drive? Yeah, yeah, of course. I used to have a. I had this like red Fresh Drive shirt. When so, I was a kid. how I was, do you like, know Rick? 
Because Fresh Drive and Insomniac work together. Yep. And so like Pasquale's the yeah, homie. So too. when he when Sam or Tex, uh, he we have a publishing deal with Insomniac and we play a lot of Insomniac festivals. Yeah. So like he's he's pretty not prevalent. He's not prevalent because he's actually like he's like the punk rock of like ED, of EDM. Yeah. Like, he's like everyone's doing this and he's literally in fucking Egypt doing yeah. something else. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's so cool. It's been like a constant uphill battle the entire time. Like so many no's. Oh, like wow. over and over and over really? again. And still to this day, it's like trying to. It's you know you, you can have the best fucking engagement in the world better than any other fucking DJ there is and and it's like you're still like trying to have to convince these people but like then you have people like Rick who who see it and they're like oh my god look at this brand this is so different this is like you know it's like you're talking about it's punk rock it's organic it's him like it's juxtapositions of like who he really is you know he don't is, worry this isn't even. Make noise in the background. Michaela's just walking down with the food. Um, dude, Rick told me he was going to do his first collab with um, Little Tex. Yeah. And he said, check out this kid. Yeah. And I checked out the kid. And then I realized that kid messaged me because he saw me speak at late night. And I was like, oh, crazy. That's that kid with the cool neck tattoo that I talked to. Yeah. So I can't wait to have him on the podcast and get to know him. I feel like we're similar yeah, um, he's, he's cool as fuck he i mean i've been his manager for like five years i mean i have a business partner jordan who's like got he's got 15 years sober uh and sam's got like six and you know they they had to deal with sam is little tech little tax, yeah they had to deal with me in, in like the, the height of, oh, of my craziness that's really cool that yeah. you're still working with them yeah of course <laughs> i'm happy too sam used to be like this is my manager you know he recreationally smokes crack <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know how fucked up, how twisted is that how a sober person be like it's all, you know he's okay oh how long has Sam been sober six years mm. six and a half years cause he yeah he was so the reason the way that we ended up managing him is my business partner used to work at a sober living mm. uh, and he came in and he like piss tested him and he was like yeah man I'm making music and then he I, I had been working in music for a long time and my business partner like had like wanted to work in music and he like came we used to go to Cacao. Remember? Did you ever go to Cacao? And everyone, all the sober people used to go there in West LA. It was like open late at night. And like I sat and had like a six hour session of talking about music with him. And then like, you know, years later, he's like, I got this dude. We should manage them together. And then I ended up like rolling my artists into this new company. And we like, we've been doing it for like the last like six, seven years mm. together. Uh, you and Jordan, my, my partner. Jordan. And what's that company? It's called TFM. So we do like we do Tex, we do Yami Two, who used to be in Floss, like you know guys who started to trap um, in EDM at least. There's another sober Floss Tradamus is yeah, they're great. I'm like very. I used to be very much looking to their to them as yeah. like uh, when we were, when I was making music, like these guys are fucking dope. That was like like electronic. I always thought electronic music was like something I, I did when I was wanting to be on drugs. So like it was like I liked I used to like sit in that's <laughs> drug talk I used to like sit on YouTube and listen to happy hardcore yeah like remixes and just eat ecstasy like just by myself yeah. um, I didn't like want to go to raves or anything I was just like I really like this to get fucked up too um, and then like that trap shit when trap dropped like you know I was like oh fuck I, I actually like that was the first time in like eating like modern EDM where I was like damn I really like this shit and floss was like yeah and it. then and then what about Skrillex. Skrillex is cool as fuck too. Um, du- I mean, dubstep is like my first paid job in music. Me? 
Oh, it's right on the kitchen counter. I thought that was your... No, please, talk. Michaelis. Oh, no. Do you know Michaelis? No. He's a fucking legend. Uh, my first hmm. real job in music was with Roscoe, so dubstep was oh, like... Okay. That was like... My, yeah, my I, I mean, look. Whatever, whatever. Skrillex, when I heard Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, <laughs> yeah. I... I I didn't I don't care yeah, what was, anyone says. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? This I don't care. Amazing. Like yeah. he's a fucking he changed everything and he's a genius and yeah, from first to last to that it was yeah. just like okay this is amazing. Yeah, and 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 having like the skill as a songwriter and a mus- a real musician and to be able to implement that while also like implementing the the level of production and the s- different kinds of sounds and pushing the envelope forward. So FHM. TFM. Oh, TFM. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tex seems cool. He is. He's a badass, dude. His sobriety is really strong, too. Yeah. We like, yeah. He, he would like, he trudged with me in the beginning. He was like, I'll go to meetings with you. My yeah. business partner was like, I'm not going to meetings with you. I was like, you got 15 years, bro. Fuck you. Yeah. And Sam was like, no, I'll do it with you. Don't worry. Let's go. Right. Um, Woody. He's coming back. So you know Woody? Yeah, he was my he was I was secretary at late night and he was my treasurer. Oh, cool! That's how we met. Um, I love him and his tattoos. So he's getting blasted. So yeah. So the um, yeah, the EDM scene. You know, we filmed all the a lot of the EDM stuff too. Really? We were the ones that were doing like the video. We were like making um, edits on site. Cool. That's like our whole thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Instant shit. I like content. With with text, we, we in the beginning, that's how like we help like push through the bullshit. We would just like we would sit there and write like these ridiculous characters and like these ridiculous monologues for promotional videos and then just film them ourselves and like, I think that we me and Tex could do some really cool content. Yeah, hell yeah. He's my, he's my like obsessed with it. With what content? Just like yeah, good content. And I'm saying like we should do like a video or something. We we I mean we've done. We've got a record coming up that we we do need. We're gonna do. We need to do a video for. You should check out cool. Ridge Production. Look at some of the stuff we've done. Cool. We were doing. I mean, I mean we've done music videos for so many different artists. I don't even know whether mentioning some of them matters or not but we were doing everything for bella thorne for a while which was actually really cool because she's fucking super talented she has like a lot of really good ideas and, yeah you know we got all the lights the red the drone we have we own everything yeah, um and we're ready to roll and I ha- i'm like i have good i i feel like yeah me and tex are probably both want to push the envelope yeah it'd be good yeah he, he's, like, fun. He's, he's yeah he's got a vision that's like that's what a lot of bands and a lot of artists lack. Is oh my vi- god! It's like an internal vision. It's like, you like can I made the it. music. Here it is. And it's like no, bro. Like no. you need to have. You need to be a brand. Like, no, he is a hundred percent. Have you heard of Little Tex? Yeah. You have. Yeah. Bom, 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 bom. that? What's that? I love you. Yeah. Um. He's. It's cool. And and I think that like the whole cowboy like. He's, I don't know if this is weird, but he's not gay. He's not, no. Yeah, but I love but that. But he played, but like he. I love that he owns yeah. that, that, you know, whatever. It's like he's, to be able to do what he does, you really have to have to actually be very comfortable yeah. with your sexuality and your 100%. masculinity 
to do it or you're just gay. He sees himself cool. as like a sex symbol. He started in OnlyFans. Like, you know, you, cool. can, you can look at his cock or see him stick things up his ass, whatever you want. Like, Whoa, that's yeah. fucking And he's just crazy. down. He doesn't give a fuck. Damn, I didn't know that. So like, you can do that right from his Instagram yeah, bio. Go, yeah, you can go to his OnlyFans. Like, he, he's all about it. He's like, the sexuality is him. Like, it's like, he, he you know, he'll have fans, like his gay fans, and they'll be like, spit in my mouth. So there's like photos of him like spitting his gay fans mouths and girls mouths who the fuck wants it he, you know Whoa, he, he yeah. will play to his fans whatever they want yeah, I don't want no spitting, no yeah we can't do that anymore because of covid or whatever but he still would he actually he posted something today that was so great um i'm gonna read it my favorite video of his is when he's Standing on the sidewalk with what is it, the penis sign? Oh, versus calm. Yeah, So I was just scrolling through Instagram today. I don't usually do that, but I saw this post. <laughs> Whoever has been in contact with me recently should stay indoors and contact your nearest test center. I have had symptoms for a few days now, and it's confirmed I have been diagnosed with being 100% that bitch, and it's highly <laughs> contagious. I'm told there is no cure yet. God bless. Like, at first I thought, like, oh, shit. He's, like, doing the, like, COVID safe, like, thing, you know? And it just turned into this, like, I don't even know what that means. 100% that bitch. We got in trouble for playing what they called Plagraves, like, during COVID. Like, whoa, look at this. Only 200 BPMs. Yeah. That's so dope. I'll get you the merch. Yeah. Um, um, get you a whole suite of so it. you said uh, you got in trouble for what? Playing plague raves, as they called them. So like, as states opened up in the beginning of COVID, we'd like play in the states. We had to cancel a Miami show because of the backlash on Twitter. Like all the woke fans were like, "You can't fucking do this. You can't play shows." And we're like, "Yo, if the state CDC says we can play this fucking show, why can't we play this show?" Right. Um, my, I understand. Maybe my opinion is a little bit, you know. Not the accepted norm in California, but I'm but like, you said you said you got in trouble for play graves. Yeah, play graves. All the kids are calling them play graves because they're like, you guys are throwing raves during the plague. Uh, like, oh, plague. Yeah, like a raves. plague. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're like, no one's wearing masks. I heard oh. they're having a lot of those right now. That's like a thing is happening. Yeah, there's raves happening now. No one and no one cares now. But it's like you know, where are all the people that were pissed off at us? Like six months ago when we were playing shows in the states that said we could do it well yeah. people care um i don't know I, I it's really baffling to me how much some people care yeah um so you were taking big gacker crack hits yeah in, on your lunch break yeah that was that's when i knew that's when i had a problem no i mean i knew i was a drug addict for like a long ass time but fucking crack dude that shit doesn't last long no it's i like, know and people were, i told people that they're like how bro how did you go back to work yeah and it's like i had to i have a i have a oh my kid never hears this i have a 13 year old son hmm. so like he lives with his mom and so i have him every other weekend and on wednesdays so like i i think like if i didn't have that sense of responsibility I think my life would have probably fallen down the shitter a lot faster mm. than it did. So you were trying but hard to maintain. I had, yeah, I knew I had to show back up to work. I knew I couldn't get fired because I still had my bills to pay. Like I, I still had some sense of like I have to get these bills paid and have to pay my child support and have to be present. Your so, kids at that age is he okay? Is he? Yeah, he, I mean he. You know, there's 
I. <laughs> that's when I started doing drugs pretty good is at 13. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with me and fucking. He's just started eighth grade and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, first time I had sex was between eighth and ninth grade with a girl who went to Calabasas. Um, mm. who was in and where'd you go? I went to Santa Monica High School. Huh. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, but he likes video games and scootering. He goes to the skate park. He talks to his friends. Like, I don't know. I tried to drug test him the other day because he like I like walked in his mom's house and I guess he had like lit some herb thing on fire, like nutmeg or oregano. And I was like, I knew there was a drug test in the house. And I drug test. He's like, I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do that. I don't think he does because like he's been in quarantine for so long. Like he hasn't been with his friends. I don't know where he would where he would score weed from because his friends like live in Simi Valley. It must be so easy now to get weed. Yeah, it must be everywhere. Well, he told me he was like the first day back in eighth grade. He was like, yeah, there was this kid, Vincent. And he just like had a big bag of weed. I was like, oh, sick, awesome. Don't do that because <laughs> he doesn't know. I mean, he knows I'm an AA, but he doesn't. He's like, you didn't drink that much. Why are you an AA? Mm. Um. Yeah. So he was largely unaffected by your using. Yeah. Because you had been split up for a while. Yeah, for a long 45 time. 45 minutes so like for what? Medication. Oh. 10, 15. So when oh, I had him, cool. I just, you know, when I had him, I went, my mom was in Westlake Village. So when I had him, I'd like pick him up, take him to my mom's house, and I'd just be sober. Mm. And just like hang out with him and, you know, be, be the dad. I mean, you know, if I had a sick night before, I'd be trying to go to bed at like 11 p.m. When I picked him up, go to my mom's house. She's like, mm. let's do something, Dad. I'm like, I'm going to sleep. Mm. Daddy hasn't slept in two days. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I try, I, you know, I went to PTA shit, like, you know, but towards mm. the end, towards the end, the last couple of years, it was like, it was getting darker and darker. I, I like moonlighted as a crackhead is the best way I could put it. It was like, it's like your second job. It was like my second job at like at night. I get home from work. And like that, you know, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take Thursday off, Friday if I didn't have them, you know, and try to find a balance. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy, man. It does. It's a lot easier to be That's sober. amazing, though. I have heard of, there is a lot of probably, uh, what do they call that? Maintaining crackhead. What do they call that? Functioning crackhead. Functioning, Functioning crackhead. Functional. Well, drug addicts. A yeah. gentleman. A I smoked crack. crack like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. Um... Yeah, I don't know how gentleman it was. I definitely overdosed on cocaine twice. Mm. One time I went to the hospital. I called my business partner. I'd been up for three days and made him take me to the hospital. And he was he's sober, like, 15 years. And he's like, mm. you're not going to die again. I don't have to take you to the hospital. You'd be dead by now. I'm like, no, bro, I'm dying. And I went there and they put me to sleep. And the second time... Well, no, your heart was just too much. Yeah, was... and, like, my arm was numb. Mm. And, like, I was Wasn't there, like, a, didn't you, like, overdose on a tour bus with all of them? No, then the second time I overdosed was... In a mansion with mm. this big DJ. Were you naked? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, they kept. I, Wait, do you know each other? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. From 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 those rooms of alcohol oh. anonymous. Yeah. Uh, breaking anonymity. Yeah. Uh, the second time, yeah. The second time I didn't go to the hospital, I just waited an hour and a half, and then I started doing it again. And everyone was trying to feed me Valium. Like here, you'll be okay. So did, were you drinking like to come like yeah I drink in the well what what I maybe mean, like re- those kind of drugs you kind of need like a chaser or something like a I wouldn't drink until I was trying to chill out and then I'd pound like a couple beers and take a bong rip or eat a Xanax and try to sleep for a little bit or I just but what made me get sober was I kept uh, stopping at the liquor store on my way to work and getting like a pint of booze and then mm. and then you know and then I'm drunk at work. And then I start the whole cycle over again. So hard, so exhausting, so hard on the body. Yeah, the mind. The mind, yeah. I'm grateful, man. Like that that was not a not a fun way to live and I ran it for a really, really long time. Like, but 
<clears throat> I feel like you like chase your recovery just as hard as you like, like you chase oh, crack. 100%. Oh, percent. I saw you at the like at a, I saw him at a meeting every single fucking day, dude. Uh, like, but not really like talking about his like problems. More of more of like the energy of like work your steps, motherfucker, or die. Yeah, or die. Yeah. like straight up, like just work the fucking steps. Quit being selfish. Yeah, I mean, like you know, once I once I remove drugs and alcohol from my life, like that's like there's so much more i had to work on and still work on but like i i'm just happy that i you know i'm happy that i i found something that works and like i'm gonna work it as hard as possible as hard as i work to get crack or run down the street at 4 30 in the morning to a gas station an hour and a half away to get a or not an hour a mile and a half away to get a fucking lighter so i can go back to my house and smoke crack right. sweating and like covered in like black shit from the tinfoil i was holding mm. like i work it like that yeah. You know, I don't want to go back to that. I, I you know, I, did you have a reli- reliable source? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah, very reliable. <laughs> couple. Yeah, I had a couple. There was one time this Mexican drug, Mexican coach delivery service was like, "Hey, man, this is the third time we've been to your house tonight. Like, you got to just order it all at once." And I was like, "Okay, that's fuck not, you, take my that's money." That's not a thing though when you're smoking crack. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like I'm smoking this. Take my money. So I heard this guy's story once that he like worked for the railroad and got like a hundred thousand dollar pension and he retired and he was so tight with this crack dealer that his crack dealer was like yo fool like i don't really feel like coming here all the time (laughs) he was like why don't you just let me hold your pension and you just come to me whenever you need it and the dude was so powerless that he literally signed the check over to this fool and like never saw him again Yep. Oh, he just took off. Yeah, hundred grand. <laughs> Powerless, unmanageability. That's gnarly. You know that that Bobby Brown in <sighs> Whitney Houston used to have a live-in crack dealer. Really? Yeah, he like lived in their house and he just like cooked crack for them. That was his job. Mm. Dang. Thank God I didn't have See, that. See, you guys were lucky been here on the street. You, tell you them get that? shit. Yeah. You told him that you've like spoke here before. I told him yeah the pre-meeting yeah. before you had a real meeting. Oh yeah, and he like sponsored Jose. Yeah, Jose, he, Jose, Jose. Yeah, he called me a few times. Jose did. Yeah, is he still? Are you still sponsoring? No, no. Oh. I mean, I am if he calls me, but oh, I haven't heard from him in two months. Yeah, that's yeah. dope, though, bro. Yeah, it's like grown a lot. It has. It's fucking huge. It's so big. I was like, oh my god, so many people, so many problems. We're mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot you. Of you went through a place like this, kind of. Yeah, when I was like, when I was fifteen. Yeah. Luckily, you know, there was a, like, despite how like fucked up everything was towards the end, I was, just in my head, I was like, I don't have time to go to like a sober living or go to a rehab or go to that yeah. because I, my career, I still had, I've always had my career has always been growing over the last ten years, and I'm like, you know. I had my career. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to A and fucking work that as hard as possible because I, you know, yeah. I don't want to take a break from my life. Um, yeah. Which is, but it's like, you know, you in in the end, I lucked out because quarantine happened, and so I got to spend working from a year working from home, and like, I mean, I'm still working from home, but like, it gave me the opportunity to like focus on getting sober and building like a community around me and working those fucking steps as hard as possible. Continuing to work those steps. You have 18 months. So your entire time was during COVID your entire sobriety. Yeah. I had like maybe a month and a half before we went into lock into like the lockdown. So I got to go to meetings and then luckily the Marina center is 
it's grimy, so we just like we closed for a month and a half and reopened. Oh, really? So meetings have been going on all yeah, the time. Yeah, we kept it going we, the whole time. We no had mask. like an underground crew that just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. no, no masks. Just, just yeah. every every night we showed up and yeah. like, and we fun. all got pretty close. Yeah. I feel like because it was like, maybe half the amount before or something. Like yeah. a small group. It started small and then it kept getting bigger and bigger. Like when I first started going to the Marina Center, it was like nine people. And then like COVID happened and it was like now 15 people are there. And then This is late night? Late night, yeah. And then by the end, it was like the only meeting. So it was like packed. And now I think it's like balanced out more. It's like not the same though. No, it's not. Yeah, I don't really go anymore. I Yeah, I go on occasion. Yeah. I had a secretary commitment for a year. and then uh-huh. They're going to be mad and just put the meeting on blast. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I mean, I love the meeting. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. That place, that shit got me sober. If I didn't well, know, no, I mean, like, on more the podcast. Anonymity? I'm not like, I'm reading Center Late Night Root. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, my um, bad. That was on. I'll take responsibility for that one, guys. My bad. Um. It's kind of a truck from here too. You live out there, right? I live out there, yeah. Yeah. Do you still eat, do you eat at Tito's Tacos? <laughs> I just went to Tito's the other day and I did an Instagram post about how overrated it was. Yeah, you know yeah. it's my cousin just went. We used to go and it was good. She said it wasn't even worth it. This I think something might have happened. Yeah, I was like, why do people I literally started an Instagram post? So like all my friends, I was like, if you eat at fucking Tito's Tacos, what's wrong with you? You're part of the problem. It's so overrated. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think maybe it went downhill because it used to be pretty good. Well, there's like better places now. Like where? Mercado in Santa Monica. Mercado. Yeah, you got to go there. It's so fucking good. I worked there for two and a half years. Really? Yeah, they wouldn't fire me. (laughs) You tried to get fired? Bro, (laughs) so many times to the point where like instead of firing me or even writing me up, they would call the cops when I wouldn't show up to work to do a wellness check on me at my house I'm to tell dead. me to come to tell me to come to work. Come on. Because and this was like a really the cops would come knock on your door. Dude, this is like a, a high end restaurant in Santa Monica. And like everybody there is like like dude, I was making seventy five grand a year. Like I was chilling. You know what I mean? Five Doing days a week, twenty five hours a week, bro. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Should've kept that job. <laughs> well I, I, I quit. They would they didn't want to fire they would not fire me. I just when you're in your wildness dude they would yeah like i I would disappear for three days (laughs) and like wind up in the hospital i'd come up with some crazy story like they someone stole my yeezys in inglewood (laughs) and like i'd come to work just all fucked off and like they'd be like oh jordan's here cut the floor he can handle it all himself we'll save money on labor so good and then to the point where like they would even like ask me to like dog sit for my manager and I would call. I would call my manager while he's off, like gone on Thanksgiving, and be like, "Yo, I can't show up. I'm like in the hospital again." It was insane. I walked in the office one time. I was like, "Guys, fire me. I can't do this anymore." And I showed them my track marks. I was like, "Look," and they looked at me. They go, "Yeah, that's not work appropriate." And they're like, "We're not going to talk about that here." That's so good. <laughs> and like went right back to baby. it. So you were able to handle like huge workloads, or bro. Something? There were times where they would like cut the floor, and it'd be like me and one other person, and I would go, and, and, and like there would be no dishwasher, so I would like, and there's like no food runner, so I would like basically the way it's set up, it's a giant circle. I would just walk my circle every day, like I would walk through the dining room, and I would like 
talk to every single table on that circle. And then I would go through the weight station into the kitchen. And before I got to the food running table, I would like throw dishes through the dishwasher and then take food on the way out. And like, I would just go in this big circle the <laughs> whole hours time. and hours yeah. and hours. Yeah. Just like, but running and like, just like, what do you want? 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 Wow. That's they just like wouldn't fire me, dude. Until I like stepped away, I was like, I'm done. I'm like, guys, I'm moving to Santa Barbara. They're like, why? I'm Your like, girl was up there, right? No, I met her up there, but like, I was like, I can't oh. do this anymore. Like, I was like, I'm gonna die. I was like, I want to go. I was like, I'm sick of it. I just don't want to do it. I was like, I, I'm like a slave to this place and like heroin. You know, like I, I just can't anymore. I feel like every job I ever had has had that same attitude right? towards me. I've yeah. always been the hard, hard partier. Yeah. And they've always just like, no one's ever fired me. Until music. And I wasn't even for being on drugs. They just like for dumb shit. Like a, a Britney Spears song leaked and I had to like take the fall. But like before that. A Britney Spears song leaked yeah, dude, and you were the one who took the fall yeah, for it? Yeah, I took the it. fall. Yeah, her, her fucking record. Fuck RCA. Not fuck RCA, but fuck person who stork at RCA. She yeah. like was out for blood. But like, yeah, how did you take the fall for that? Because I sent the fucking, I sent the record unprotected so that you can like protect a, like an MP3, yeah. like that has like a fucking, some type of like security thing embedded into it. And I didn't do it. And the label asked for it. So I sent it to the label. And it was unprotected? Yeah, but it was to the label. And then it leaked. And they're like, they're like, well, <laughs> so you sent it someone at the label did you dirty. You know who I think did it? So Suzanne Vega's publisher, I'm going to put him on blast. Fuck you. Fuck I know you, you did it. Susan? Uh, Suzanne Vega, who, uh, oh. who wrote, uh, it was Tom's Diner was the song. Brittany did it. I sent a version of the song to her publisher to get it approved so we could put it out. Yeah. Um, and... And it had Britney Spears with Georgia Moroder and Georgia Moroder and Britney Spears, and I I like saw the song that leaked, and I compared it to like the final version, and it wasn't, and it was the same version I sent to the publisher, like, <laughs> and I and I got fired for that. So I hope. I hope so what, how does that benefit them? Do they get money out of that or something? Or? I think it benefits them because it like if they leak the song, then people go and listen to the original song of Tom's Diner, and it like puts more press on Suzanne Vega. Mm. who like is obscure and no one gives a fuck about mm. um anymore because you know who who the fuck knows who so that was a, that, was that a good job that was a good job yeah. you got you yeah lost. it was a good job I, I worked with like lionel richie and a bunch of these cool edm acts and it was i really liked that job and you were getting paid well and you enjoyed it yeah it was awesome that and, sucks yeah and they were like hey sorry about this <laughs> like we're sorry we're gonna give you two months severance can you stay for two more weeks and train the next person? And I was like, fuck yeah. Okay, sure. Oh, cause you I, had your two months. Yeah. And money. then I, st- after a week I started showing up at noon and they were like, you can just, you can stop coming. And I'm Did like, Did you get Thank your you. money? Yeah, I got my money. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good job too. I busted my, I learned in the music industry, like you can bust your ass harder than anybody else. And like, they're just, you're just disposable. Like, especially on the marketing side, like you're disposable. But like, isn't that everywhere though? I don't know, man, because like, when I was at a hotel and a restaurant, I one time at a restaurant, I showed up on ecstasy and gave everybody in the restaurant that worked there ecstasy, and the, <laughs> and the manager found out, and they didn't care. Yeah, well, hotel, that's the restaurant. Think, yeah. I I they, restaurant. They didn't care. Yeah, the dude's serving a table rolling balls. Like, yeah. no one cared. So well, it's good for business. Gnarly, Everyone's happy yeah. even the waiter. You the know? dishwasher, like, oh, let me go. Just, like, every, rolling balls. We that was have, funny. We have everyone smiling. Yeah, the dishwasher smoked no English, and he's just rolling balls, just rubbing this plate. And I was like, look at me, I'm God. Yeah, um, that's no, no. Yeah, it was fucking, that's like the few good times I had 
<laughs> so right. many bullets. Sounds million. romantic, but most like, of it's yeah, blood, most of it's and dark and shitty. I told Pat that too the other day. I was like, bro, I'm replaceable. I here? just feel like that's like my big fear. Here? I not to, here, I, you're not. Well, no, dude. I in my head, like I'm replaceable anywhere, dude. Same. Well, we all I pray are. For that. I suppose. <laughs> to be removed, I pray for that. Really? Yeah, dude. Because like I, I fuck up. I didn't fuck up. Like I got a phone call from one of the artists on my way here, yeah. telling me he didn't like something I did. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm a piece of shit. Like this is like, mm, everything. It's I, all over like, the world. It's is... fucked. Like I'm terrible. My yeah. boss is gonna find out and just want to let me go. And it's like I, you know, I literally have to pray to God every morning and ask for that defect to be removed because it's. Like like mm. so black or white mm-hmm. oh so like everybody's either with me or against me mm-hmm. yeah it's either i'm i'm i and there's a conspiracy yeah. though it's hard to have confidence i think like in like my competency even though it's like i know i know what the fuck i'm doing but still it's like i don't know it's well just, it's like doom and gloom is always right around the corner yeah yeah just waiting yeah, it's like that anxiety. Like everything can be going good, and it's just like because I'm naturally happy. I'm like always bubbly and happy. There's not you won't ever really see me like unbummed oh, yeah. out. Yeah, I don't get like that. That's cool. It's it's uh, my girlfriend says it's a character defect that I'm just really like, so she doesn't happy. like. It's just too She's much. She's like, why are you fucking happy all the time? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't wake up wanting to kill myself. <laughs> Never been. <laughs> you know, I show up to work and they'd be like, what did you do last night? I'm like, I've been up for two days. They're like, yeah. why are you still happy? And I'm like, it's a good day. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, huh? I think I'm naturally just like a lot of people call it chill, but I, I don't know what to call it. I'm just like very like like I feel like I try to intellectualize like every single situation to the point where sometimes it drives me absolutely insane. And I started with like a good thought, yeah. and by the time it went through my brain, I, like I completely fucked the whole thing up. And like there's this whole story that's happening now that's like 100% reality, you know. That in in fact, like I just started with something that was like maybe twenty five percent true, yeah. and the rest of and like the rest of it I made up. Just did a whole narrative. Yeah, I did a whole narrative. There's like people. In my head. <laughs> yeah, I was fucked up for a long time. I, a lot of that stuff's not so bad anymore, but I don't know how I I lived. Same. I have literally no clue. I just I you know I'm so grateful for. Uh, for the renewal on life, right? It's like, I, it's funny because, you know, you're in the beginning, I still romanticize some of it. And now it's like my, my mind, I just go back to how dark and how, how, how anxiety ridden and how stressful everything could be, you know. When you're using or not using? When I, when I was using, when I was not using, when I was using, you know, like. Untreated, yeah. Un, well, untreated, know. it's pretty bad. And you don't have like your dope to fix yeah. you, so. Do you all ever get to the point where, like, you don't even know what it would look like to relapse? Like, you can't actually picture yourself making the call and going through with it? Yeah, 100%. I feel like my head tells me, like, it's impossible. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I can't, like, physically in this moment see myself reaching for a beer right here and taking that drink. So in some fucked up way, I feel like I'm protected from relapse. Until the day comes that I fucking do, and then there's gonna be some yeah. asshole that I love to death that like knows what's best for me. That's gonna be like, well, you didn't do the fucking work, and you like lacked on shit. You, like you like, are you slacking? Slacked on shit, dude. I've kind of got a low key resentment right now. I'm like supposed to be in the in the middle of my second four step, and my sponsor didn't invite me to his wedding, but I've known him and his fiance for ten years, and he. uh 
invited my sister who's friends with his wife and like all my friends back home and I hadn't met my niece yet and they had the wedding in Santa Barbara and my sister was like yeah babysit my niece while I go to the wedding so I'm sitting there and I'm like man fuck this shit they did you dirty you know what I mean I'm like dude I told you all my secrets bro like, that's and why like, he didn't invite you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah. low key. Like, bro, you know that like a lot of the people at that wedding, like how I feel about the way they perceive me, and like the fact that like you didn't want me there because of like this, the way it is. But it could be all made up in my head. You well, know what I mean? Like, I there's mean, this committee, and like he texted me when he got back from his honeymoon. He's like, "Yo, what's up? Just got back in town. Just wanted to check in. I just didn't say shit. You haven't talked to him? No. Sorry." And I understand how that hurts. 100%. Yeah, but it's my pride that's like fucking me up. And like I've been, you know, going through the book with Pat, not as much as we should, but um, I am not putting as much work into like the actual inventory that I was doing before, and like the connection and like the work on my character defects that I did during quarantine, and. I don't really notice a difference until I do. And when I do, it's like a big fucking deal. I'm slacking too, man. Don't worry about it. You do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like have no commitments right now. Yeah. And I, you know, being the secretary was like so nice. And now I, I was like, I need a little break from this. And now I'm just like, yeah. all right, well, at least I'm sponsoring dudes. At least two of the dudes call me. I got two of the dudes stuck on four that's, steps. That's dope. Like people quit calling me, you know what I mean? And, as far as commitments go, I have so many, but they're all here, you know? Mm. And, like, my two days off a week, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm booked counts. up. Well, dude, my week for five days is, like, you know, it's I'm booked for five days, you know? Like, I have a commitment in 30 minutes to bring people downstairs to get their meds, you know? Five days a week, twice a day. You know, I can't, I, like dinner every day you know and like that's that's what i want to do and like i do get stuff out of that but i get i can't count it as like working the steps with my sponsor it must be yeah your experience must be a lot different being surrounded by you know a, a place like this where, where you're trying to foster like you know recovery i get jealous of and like you know night 20 fucking people i like, get jealous of them sometimes i'm like dude these dudes are doing the deal bro and i'm like <laughs> yeah. i'm telling them what to do but like i see them working every day and i'm like working on making them work and i'm like fuck dude like i need some of that shit yeah i think it'd be if i worked in this it would be hard for me to push myself to do the AA stuff because i'd be exhausted from doing this this is probably the wrong thing to say but they say there's like an 80 80- are a really high percentage of relapse for people who work in recovery that are sober. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard that. Before. I haven't heard 80%, but I've heard it's high. It's high percentage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my girlfriend works in treatment and hearing, trying to like have her, emo- her emotion. Michaelis, ju- you want to jump on? Jump in and talk shit from over here? No, come sit down, bro. Come hang out. Yeah. My girlfriend uh, has some mental illness a, shit, and her trying to deal with like, people DJ with mental too. illness just you know Sorry it, like, you exacerbates her shit. Like, I missed all. Uh, that. I say my girlfriend suffers from like mental health issues, and then dealing, she works at a house where it's just mental health issues. Right, and it's like it, what, what? Oh, mental health. Okay. Mental health, yeah. And so, like her coming home, you know, she's having a fucking conniption from like having to be surrounded <laughs> by that. So I understand how like working in treatment could set you off because it's. But she's sober. So, yeah, but she's sober. Yeah, she's got like almost two years. 
but it's like so much like investing yourself emotionally and so many people's sobriety you know, it, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for it because I, I can't do this. I'm just uh, well, I'm too uh, selfish. You came to save the podcast. Yeah, tell us. No, I definitely didn't come to save, save anything. But I asked you to. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the truth of matters is that like most people like don't really work the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, even though they think they are because they're just like misinformed because the shit that people are like telling them to do in meetings is not really what it is. <laughs> And so, like, they're not actually, like, developing a relationship with Power Grid themselves or developing a relationship with other fucking people who are trying to, like, you know, tell them what to do. And so if you don't have that relationship with that power and you're working in recovery, then you are trying to exert your power on other people. And that's when you get, like, emotionally Mm. tied up in, like, what's going on around you. And your emotional stability gets started to be like tethered about, you know, is this person following direction? Is this person doing that? Whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's where people get, you know, pretty fucked up. So right. that's the problem. Just wears away at you. Totally. I got to so, do that daily just in my life. Like, I am not the power. No. Not the power. I mean, I would go insane here too if I wasn't, like, today I did six book studies. Fuck. You know what I mean? And that allows me to, like, come here and be fucking chill because I know that. I mean, you know, this is just small. This is a role I'm playing in this fucking life, but really on the fucking light of God, you know? Hmm. I love that. If yeah. I have to read the fucking doctor's opinion one more time, I'm going to blow my fucking <laughs> brains out. I'm like, I like started telling, I'm like, oh, you relapsed from 10 months? All right, what we're going to do are 12 and 12. That's where your steps are going to be done, and you can read along in the big book separately because I just don't want to read the fucking <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I feel yeah. bad. But my sponsor, he, so he took me through it. He didn't even tell me to read the big book. He was just like, we're going to do the steps of the 12 and 12. And I'm like, all right, cool. Should I read the big book? <laughs> Whatever. It's impossible, so you've never dude. read the big book? I have. Oh. I, have I haven't read the stories, though. Fuck the stories. I haven't yeah. either, really. Yeah, I've read a few of them, I didn't but read I don't for know wives or whatever either. No, it's written to the wives. You don't need yeah. to read that shit. Are you a wife? <laughs> no, I know, no, I know, I should, and I feel bad, but you know, I think I, you know, I worked those all of twelve steps in my life every single fucking day. I mean, it gave me a higher power which I never had before. This I would have laughed at somebody for talking about praying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I pity you, and now I'm like, yeah. I need this, or my life's over. But... Michaelis, can I ask you something? No. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. What's up? All right, so this is one thing that I've always like wanted to ask you, but I never have. So like. What I like, like when I do the steps with my sponsor, mm-hmm. and he's like having me like practice, you know, doing my eleventh step at night and taking like constant inventory, and like we do inventory a certain way that's like self revealing as fuck. I've never had a different experience with it, and he and like, like the steps are like rev- mainly revolved around like the action that he wants me to do, and less about the information in the book. Um, but then I like go to you for like having the other side of it, which is like the program, the triangle, all of it. You know what I mean? Is it impossible to do both? Because I did get sober doing it the first way. And can I do both? Or, you know, my question is like, like, is there something wrong with the way that I did it before? Cause I did feel free from it before. Okay, cool. So I think we have had this conversation actually one time. I mean, I stayed sober for 10 years doing what people were doing in AA, which is like going to meetings at first, looking to see if I relate to somebody and asking them to sponsor me, having them take me to the 12 steps, typically through the 12 and 12 or right. parts of the big book mixed with the 12 and 12 and yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
calling my sponsor every day and checking in with them. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end of that, like sort of expected to be such an attractive human being that people would like look at me and be like, oh, I want what that guy has. And right. then come up to me and ask me if I would sponsor them. Right? That's pretty much what happens in Alcoholics Anonymous today. Yeah. Now, like, I personally, I stayed sober, and I definitely had some good times. I definitely had some accomplishments. But, like, the kind of freedom that I experience today and the kind of, like, relationship that I have with my God where I'm actually, like, I'm always able to launch myself into the present moment and its perfection through like practicing being the blessing yeah through taking people through the big book which is the practice like that's the difference Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i'm like the auto suggestion of repetition of that message in a specific way that's structured reworking my mind and its thought patterns mixed with the practice of being the light of God, reminding myself that that's my divine purpose and that everything else doesn't fucking matter. That's what's changed my life. And practicing that for like 12 years is everything. So you can definitely do both. Mm-hmm. I would suggest you do both. Yeah. You know, can I, can I tell you where I'm torn? Sure. Cause like the same way he talks about the, pro- the way he works the steps mm-hmm. compared to the way other people work the steps and like the way that I hear him talk and the way that I see what he has. And I knew his sponsor back home, which like took, took everyone line by line through the book and like made them look up every word that they didn't know. And every time they related to something, they had to write something about it in a notebook and like really did that. And the, like what he has, the way he talks about it, it's kind of the same exact way that you talk about it, but it's two totally different ways. Well, it doesn't matter the actual... Look, the text in the book is not what's saving my ass. Yeah. It's me using it as a tool to help other people and practice being the blessing. Right. You know, because that's how I connect to God. So if this dude is like doing whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, with as many people as he possibly can in his spare time on a day-to-day basis, cool. It doesn't matter what he's, you know... Yeah. That's why that line in the book, like what seemed to Fleems a Reed proved to be the loving, powerful hand of God. I mean, it's really fucking stupid sitting across from someone reading a book, but it's a practice. It's the tool, you know what I mean? To actually have that spiritual experience or God-powered personality change, which is just a shift from selfishness to selflessness. Hmm. You know, that's, I mean, if you read all the promises in the book, they're all based on the idea that you are actually doing that. I mean, if you go through the nine step promises, like none of that shit's going to come true to you if you're not actually helping other people, you know? That answered it. Cool. Yeah. Am I done now? No. Uh, am I still here? I mean, I guess you oh, yeah. done <laughs> you're, just, you're stuck. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. That was my only question which you answered. Yeah. But you know, I mean, like I, I had a, I guess I just have like this like perception of like both of you guys is like having the answer, you know what I mean? And like all like guys that like, I I respect you guys equally, but it's just two totally different ways. And I just feel like, like a divorced child sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. I mean, so I just want to do both. Like it's not really about the trees. It's about the forest. Right. Right. 
So the trees are the details of the words. It doesn't matter. The forest is what you do with them, you know? And if you're utilizing whatever, I mean, that's why my book's going to work, you know? It's not the big book, but if people are actually, like, passing on to each other and, like, blessing each other and taking that time to, like, connect with another human being and, like, be vulnerable and blah, 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 like, that's what's going to work about that. Right. You and know? what book is that? Uh, oh, you want me to plug right now? <laughs> yeah. Like that? A fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, called, uh, it's called The Spiritual Revolution, A Precise Path to Personal Peace. Cool. So, yeah. It's not published yet, so don't get too excited. I'm fucking stoked over <laughs> here, bro. Let me, yeah. get, let me get a PDF right? real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I won't share. No. I won't leak it, even though I did the Britney Spears track. Uh, I didn't. Did. I didn't. I didn't. Are we getting did. all silver and shit right now? Yeah, no, we're no. We're, we're done with it. Are we uh-huh. going back to talking about i can't say it anyway go ahead let's just no, talk shit man inventories. i want to talk some shit no i don't know <laughs> I, don't about about I don't write inventories hmm? i don't know what were we what talking about, you? about? You, you, every time i see you, you've got a new tattoo shit <laughs> i mean your yeah. neck is comp- was your neck was empty because i remember you had the one right uh-huh. there and the yeah. rest is all new right right yeah i'm addicted i can't remember <laughs> i like it i i honestly love it you know yeah. what i mean and and you already had your arm complete. Yeah. I pl- and I'm getting this arm done, but... You're going to be just all... Where's Mises? From the shoulders up, I think I'm done for now. You know what I mean? I'm not doing anything else from the shoulders up, but like... Yeah, I'm, I love tattoos. And Do you like the process? The whole... Like, yeah. Getting it and everything? Just like needles. Everything. <laughs> hmm? I said he just likes needles. Yeah, mm. pretty much. It yeah. kind of is like calming. The pain? The numb it's pain. like the whole process. You know, you go through that pain and it calms you down in the moment. And then the next day you just kind of feel like complete shit after getting a tattoo. You feel like shit all day. And it's like... Your body healing? Yeah, it could be like a drug too. You know what I mean? Oh, the endorphins from the... I have yeah. one, but I don't remember that. I get it every time. Like whether it's small or big. Because, like, your body releases all of the endorphins that it has. I remember it hurt so much more than I possibly thought it would. Because it's big. So it took hours, just hours. Just what is it? It's a, I think it's a family crest or it's, a, it's my last name. Okay. And I think it's the gates of uh, something or another. Oh, shit. It's a plaque of the province of Brandenburg, Berlin. So yeah, I like it. I gotta, I gotta talk to these children. Oh shit! So it's just just me and Ian. I'm coming. You're coming in. Tag right. team. And Caleb, I want to hear some shit, some you dirt, some secrets. Uh, I don't know something. What kind of secrets? Something shocking, huh? What kind of secrets? What kind of shocking secrets? Well, let's see. Crackheads get themselves in some trouble. They get themselves in some gnarly sit- hotel situations and stuff. Have you been in any of those? <laughs> no, I, I really just like this one crack in my bedroom. That was like my really. Yeah, I never. Well, see, like, you're amazing because you had a you, you maintained the whole yeah. time. That's unusual. Yeah, rare. and then I you know I I didn't I never understood having to go pay for a motel. I got a perfectly good bedroom right here. My roommates, yeah. you know. But so you were down. smoking crack by yourself. Yeah, I mean, you well, weren't with hookers no, and all the shit. No, really? I mean, I mean, there's been times like, there's been times where I've I've had a hooker come over before. Like I was at the I was in London on a press trip with an artist, 
And I was I wasn't smoking crack. I was just doing cocaine in, in London. <laughs> and we were at like the, the Dorchester, which is like a like a five star hotel. Mm. Uh, and my friend and I were we're doing a lot of cocaine. We invited Hooker over, but obviously I'm on cocaine, so my dick doesn't work. Mm. Um, so, so like, and so I remember, does she want to do cocaine too? No, she doesn't. But she kept coming up to me. She's like, "Sweetie, are you okay? You're shaking." And I'm like, "I'm fine." <laughs> and my friend's like, "I can do it." And so I took a bath while they had sex in the bedroom. And then after, you know, she just held me and was like, "Are you going to be okay?" And I'm Aww. like, "Yeah, don't worry. This is." And then you know, <laughs> that's and then awesome. I thought, that was sweet. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I had some weird. I mean, I had that, weird times. Like I, I went to a concert. That has some similar stories. Really? Like that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, did it's weird just hard. Shit. It's hard to get. Sometimes it's hard to stay hard because yeah. of your head. Your head or something. Oh, I mean, yeah, and just that. that well, yeah, it didn't work. Ever. So, are you okay with snorting it, or do you have to smoke it? I snort. I would snort and smoke it. It depended on the, on like the like if I'm with other people and it's not you know I'd usually snort it but for my house and then the living room I'd go in my room and smoke it and come back out but then I had other people in music who who were okay with it and I had a drug dealer who But you enjoyed smoking it you preferred yeah, that I preferred, but you okay I preferred it And so let's say you did crack and then you had to stay sober for a day were you craving or what you just I could stay sober for the day Were you drinking to maintain or It's it's a Towards the end, I had to drink to maintain. It didn't – a long – I couldn't tell you – I mean I started smoking coke when I was like 18. 18, someone taught me how to do it. Um, and it was – there was a certain point where it stopped and it was like – it was the voice in my head. So like I could white knuckle through the day. But as soon as whatever I had to do was done, I would already be – I'd be on my way. So I could like go through the day but then like – Did you ever do meth? A couple times. But it just didn't do whatever it was. It didn't it was. do the same thing. I mean, like, I used to work at a hotel, and, and the security guard was, a, was a, like a 10-year tweaker. And I remember we smoked meth together in the ho- in a hotel room at this nice hotel I used to work at. Uh-huh. And he would he, I smoked meth with him a couple of times, and he would break the pookie and be like, Ian, that's not how you smoke meth. You don't have to smoke it every five minutes. So he's mm. like, you can just hit it. I smoke it once, and I hit it every two hours. And I'm right. like, that's not what I want to do. I you like, just want to keep hitting I just want to keep hitting and blowing it out so I feel that initial rush right um i don't know but i mean one time i walked out of a um i saw this band i went with my work to the, to a show we had help doing marketing for at the wheel turn and i had met these homeless guys on my way in told them to watch my car and when i, I got too drunk obviously because i was like i'm gonna have one and then before i know it i'm spinning um that was how I, that was how i drank um a lot mo- most of my life i was always like that I, you know, I was like i'm just a lightweight but it's like I, you know i'd have two i remember i have two and then i'm drunk so i was like i have to leave and i got out and i went back to my car and the homeless guys were smoking meth and i was like i got some money you guys have any more of that and that ended me up with them in my car and then we're picking up their friend and then we're at some gas station off western smoking meth in my car and then i'm dropping one dude off and taking two of them to skid row now it's like three o'clock in the morning and i'm walking around skid row this homeless dude trying to get crack and then we get crack and we get back in my car he's like let's go to like 70th and, and or 60th and crenshaw or something like that and i'm like all right cool so we go down there and then he drops the crack on the ground he's on the ground with a flashlight trying to pick it up and i just remember it hit me and i was like what the fuck am i doing and i just like reached down <laughs> grabbed some of the crack got in my car drove home and i was like what a weird night yeah those adventures right <laughs> weird shit like that would happen every now and but then. you didn't enjoy the meth high huh no. just not not at all not not really no that's interesting because i i prefer that it was boring huh i like that 
the boom. Like yeah, the rush. The one minute of just like the kapow. Yeah. Boom. Um, yeah. Uh, and how long yeah. have you been with your girlfriend? We've been together like 11 months. We were, oh, so she only knows you sober. She only knows me sober. Yeah, we met in the beginning of my sobriety. We were like platonic, good, like platonic friends for six months uh-huh. prior. And then we started having platonic sleepovers. And then like. Really? Yeah. And then like. So you just, you liked each other so much, you just end up sleeping. Yeah, like she'd be, at, we'd be at four o'clock and we're just like, I'm just going to sleep over. And like we put like a chastity pillow in between us. Um, but, <laughs> so like we yeah it's been like my whole sobriety and actually i'm saturday i'm she doesn't know this but i'm, I'm dry well she knows that i'm gonna propose to her she knows that but really yeah we're gonna i'm gonna drive i'm gonna <laughs> friday night i have to go to a, a, a festival get back at 3 a.m get her in the car and then drive to the redwoods I'm going to propose to her. Oh, the Redwoods are so yeah, beautiful. The, I, that's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Avenue of the Giants. I'm going to propose to her. Like, in, oh, Sequoias. Yeah. So, like, right. It's like the Redwood Forest is right here, and it's like the Humble Redwood Forest. Oh, no. Oh, it's not the Sequoias. And you're going to the Pacific way yeah. the fuck. That's like yeah, a 12 hours, hour drive. 10 hours, yeah. And then wow. we proposed to her. I got the ring made possible by AA because there's no way. Right. I and you're sure you want to do that, huh? Yeah, I'm positive. Wow. Never Congratulations! Been, I you. mean, if she says to, I should, she's going to say yes. She's going to say yes. I, I mean, she better. You know, I, I would have never been able to save up for that ring. Um, which that's I, so cool. When is that? Saturday. Oh wow! And then I have an inn booked in San Francisco, like a Victorian inn. So we'll, I'll do that, then drive in San Francisco, have dinner, stay at this inn, and then probably like walk around Chinatown and go have dim sum Sunday yeah. morning, and then drive back. San Francisco's fun. Yeah, it should be good. She's from New Hampshire. I just like went back with her for a week to her parents' house and told them, asked her stepdad if I could marry her and talk to her mom, met her sister. That's so cool. You asked her dad. Yeah. That's how they used to do it in the old days. Yeah. Huh? Feminists would probably get mad at me for that. One. They'd be like, eh. that's not okay. Um, but I'm like, you know. Whatever. I had to be old school. I, I just, like tradition. Yeah. He's like, I felt like that was his vibe. He's like an ex-Marine and like yeah. intense. And I'm like, I bet it's he'd respect. appreciate it. Yeah. Like I'm marrying her anyways, bro, but I'm still going to like <laughs> do the facade where I'm like, here you go. Yeah. It was cool. New Hampshire was sick. Live for your die. I bought fireworks. They have fireworks. I'm from LA. So like, you know, we don't ever have fireworks. And they had a that. fireworks store. I was like, can we go here? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like $200 later, just walking out with a <laughs> fucking Do you, do you have them? No, I set them all off in their backyard. Uh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> it was so good. But I'm excited for that. That's pretty cool. That's I, very cool. I you know I have my and my son loves her. So I told oh, my yeah. mom it was crazy. My mom went with me to get the ring. Um, it's gorgeous. Like I showed my cousin. She's like, I wish we weren't we weren't cousins. I'd marry you for that. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> it costs like half a car. Um, really? Yeah, it was wild. Um, I, it was yeah. I definitely drained all of my savings on that one. Um, but. It's a beautiful ring. I like <laughs> when we were in New Hampshire, her uh, her cousin came with his like fiance and I've been doing a lot of diamond research and like rings and shit and uh, and she had an engagement ring and I was like, Hey, can I can I see your can I see your engagement ring? I was like, Oh my god, it's so beautiful and then I walked in the house with her mom and her and I was like, Oh my god, it's it's trash. Mm. I was like, the diamond's yellow. Like mm, you know, So you know your shit now. Yeah, I know my shit. I was like, the clarity sucks, the color. I was like, what is that <laughs> fucking eye? You did the same thing with drugs, didn't you? Yeah, it's um, like if it's not fish scale, get the fuck out of yeah, my face. Yeah, exactly. Um but the the ring I got, I'm like real excited about it. Hell yeah. Yeah, you're all stoked on it. Well yeah. you spent a lot of money, so you better be yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, right? I'm like fuck. Um, um Pretty hype for Friday. Are you gonna have more kids? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. You're going to do the Oof. whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to do the whole thing. You getting married in a church, too? I'm trying to get married at the end of the seventh ray in Topanga. Oh, yeah. I want to do, like, you know, white lights and, like, make it all foresty. Yeah. Cute. I like that spot. Wait, what's it called? The Inn of the Seventh Ray. It's in Topanga Canyon. It's been there forever. Yeah. It's, they have like this fountain area and like okay. it like fits up to 200 people. Oh, really damn. good, too. Yeah. Really good food. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is now, but I haven't been in a few years. And but. they cater it and it's like beer and wine only is the option. So, like, I'm not going to have a bunch of pe- family members just hand. Not that my family members drink because they, they don't, but like the people that do can have beer and wine and, you know. Solid. You know, the beauty of. The program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Anywhere a free, a free man can go, I can go. Get married at Electric yeah. Forest. I was like, baby, I'm going to buy handles and put them in my car for my friends that want to get hammered. She's like, no, you're not. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I was like, let me live vicariously through them, please. please give me that. She's like, no, I don't want drunk people there. I was like, all right. Whatever. Drunk people are annoying. Yeah, they are. That's, that's so, why I like working in music, man. <laughs> Trying to talk to people like what networking used to be fun. Like, <laughs> you just asked her, this, I'm going to a festival on Friday night, and it's like, being sober at that and listening to these drunk, cocked so out idiots. So you're there for work? Or yeah, for, for work. Okay. Because I have an artist, I have a DJ playing. But it's like back, you know, in the artist compounds, like half the people are like drunk off their ass and like coked out of their minds. Yeah. And you just like listen to them tell the same fucking story over and over again. You're oh, just so like, it's just boring, just boring like, as shit. Yeah. And there's some sober people, you know, it's not everyone's like that. But yeah. Like, Obviously, the people I know, a lot of people I know are like that because right. I was like that. Right. Uh, and now I'm just like, let me go home. Like, I just want to go home. <laughs> Which yeah. sucks, but it's like. It used to be fun, huh? When you were fun. using, yeah. Yeah. Because I could just, you know. You could use and, yeah. and talk, yeah. I used to have a party trick in like the, the trailers. I'd like snort a gram of cocaine in like one line and I'd oh. be like, all right, let's go. Wow. And everyone would be like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to die? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Trust me. And then, you You're know, gonna die. That's two fine. hours, I'm just like on like a <laughs> no, nonstop mission for nothing. My business partner's like, you're a fucking idiot. Man. What are you doing? And I'm like, I have to find this person. Oh, you needed a mission, yeah. Yeah, I'd go on these missions. And I'd see people hug them and be like, yeah, yeah, and have a drink with them and then like continue on my mission. Hey, Pat, do you want to finish up here? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah? I think it was great. Yeah? I sent you Ian's number. Yeah. We should have him on again. Um, Are we good? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Okay, good night. Thank you. (laughs)